Welcome to a special side episode of Reading with the Rockefellers. Today, starring Mommy and Nugget. Hi. We are going to be doing a little thing that we are coming to refer to as our version of Life Comes at You Swiftly. <laughs> the uh, imaginative podcast from the anti-hero video yes. so we are going to do our own little version of life comes at you swiftly mom we're speaking to swifties they to, don't need to be told that that's true that's true well i mean somebody may have stumbled here from the red queen feed Fair enough. you know a red queen fan may not know exactly what it is so but they're going to get real confused real quick right right if if you do not understand the phrase life comes at you swiftly then you need to go do some research. Yeah, yeah. Watch the video for Antihero. And then listen to Taylor Swift's entire discography and then come back. And then come back. <laughs> It'll take you a couple of days, but it's worth it, I promise. For those of you that are already Swifties, thank you for hanging out with us today. We are going to be doing a this or that episode. So we have three different this or that's total. We may not get through all of them in this episode. Um, we have 1989 V Midnights. That's the we, first one. Mm -hmm. We have a Fearless TV versus Red TV. And then we have a Folklore versus Evermore. So that is how it'll break down if we have time to go through all of them on this episode. If not, we will be doing a second episode to cover whichever one we didn't get to and then maybe another one to add. But we will start with 1989 V Midnight. Yes. This or that. So, up first. Ready? Mm-hmm. Welcome to New York versus oh. Lavender Haze. Which, this one really sucks because as of recording this, the Lavender Haze video just came out. Just dropped uh, two days ago. It is so, a masterpiece. <laughs> it's gorgeous. It's fantastic. I, I don't know if I like it as much as the Bejeweled video. The Bejeweled video is going to be hard to talk. But it's pretty great. I like the uh, two Easter eggs that drop right at the beginning of beginning, the video. Yeah. To let us know that the Mastermind and Maroon videos are coming. So At you swiftly. At you swiftly. Just like this podcast. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think this one for me is pretty much a no-brainer. I'm going to have to go with Lavender Haze. Yeah. I... I think I may as well. I think I may have to, to second that. Welcome to New York is a great track, but it just does not hit the same way yeah. Lavender Haze does. I think there are going to be some on 1989 that are that way, that it's like they're really great tracks, but they don't hit quite like some of these Midnight songs do. Right. I don't know exactly what the matchups look like, but that's kind of the way I'm thinking. I think it's just straight down I think it's just track, track versus order. track. So five on this is going to be difficult oh for yeah. sure oh no oh no i mean track fives are always hard for me anyway oh my god the next one white horse versus all too well Ugh. okay stay tuned for that yes. when we finally wade into fearless versus red when we just like die anyway yeah yeah on this one for me i'm gonna have to go lavender haze I think I on will. Track one. I think I probably uh, will second that. Welcome to New York. Uh, you and I, Mia, have had this discussion off mic before because we've never recorded a Swift podcast yet. But um, we've talked about 1989 and how it kind of goes too over the top on pop production sometimes. Sometimes this one is kind of like that for me as far as an opening track. Yes. I think that it's a perfect opening track. I think that if there was a song that was going to open 1989, this is definitely it. Yes. But I and so it's perfect for the album's theme and feel, but I think that in the overall uh realm of all of her discography and specifically when you put it up against Midnight's it seems so like 1989 seems very black and white in a lot oh, of yes. ways especially some of the songs like Welcome to New York I don't know, Style even New Romantics and I love New Romantics but. right exactly so you're gonna go Lavender Haze on this one as well yeah that's an agreement one and one boom the next one isn't even a contest for me. Oh, my God. It's not even close. It's, 
it, blank it's, space versus maroon. I mean, it's maroon, it's maroon. hands down all I day long, every day. Maroon is the greatest thing in existence. I don't know what you want from me. It's pretty amazing. Maroon is one of those songs where I feel like there may be songs that personally you like better, but it's just like, I feel like a lot of people can agree that it is just a all around great song and something that everyone can agree on the fact that it is up in the top. Yeah, it, this one, it skyrocketed for me, like instantly into probably top five Taylor songs of all time. And one thing that I love about it so much is the fact that while it has obviously a lot of tie-ins to Red, you don't need to know everything about Red, the song, or the album to enjoy it. Right. I mean, if you do, obviously, it strikes a much deeper chord. Right. Because I remember, you know, this the, hearing this album first time for me is going to, stick in my memory for a long time as as have listening to all of the albums when they've right when they've come out since folklore like I've done you know since that one dropped and this one I mean instantly like the minute that first chorus hit I was I was hooked and I was just like the imagery unfolded for me very easily you know red it was the last release that we got before midnight. So, you know, all of that era is very fresh in our heads and all of that, you know, back around and the Jake Gyllenhaal story and all of that, you know, and then like this is her retrospective of that. Like, you know, we've, we've heard her say, I once believed love was burning red, but it's golden like daylight. So this one is looking back on what she thought was love and this burning red flame and finding out that it's all it wasn't red. It was all these other different shades of right. red, maroon, burgundy, all this other stuff that she references. Never once <clears throat> does she actually say red, but it's implied if you know the history right. and the discography is that obviously looking back on red now through a different pair of lenses, everything is slightly dirty right it's not red it's a brownish red and I think that it's it's the fact that when she you know during red era she was 21 and 22 so she was a lot younger yeah and it was all so vivid and now that she's looking back on it it's much darker than she originally remembered yeah. and so maroon is a much darker version of red and all of these colors are right are darker red right. than just like what you would think of as the color red, which is very bright. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Everything's maroon, burgundy, scarlet. It's all, it's all deeper, uh, more muddled shades of red. So that imagery was really, uh, really evident to me from the first listen. Yeah. I think that the first, album that I really listened to like right when it came out and listened to all the way through and was like <laughs> committed to was Red TV mm -hmm. and then Midnight's I was like I'm just I'm gonna go I think there may have been a couple songs I couldn't get to because I ran out of time mm -hmm. so we we did listen to those together yeah but those that was when I got to the 3 a.m. tracks and I had already gotten through a few of those right yeah I was up until, well, probably almost 3 a.m. our time, central time, which would have been 4 a.m. New York time, because I made it all the way to the release of the 3 a.m. tracks and then listened to, I don't think I got through all of them, because I didn't hear Dear Reader the first night, I'm pretty sure. I think that's right. That's why Dear Reader took so much time to grow on me, because it was like, I heard it later, we were in the car and we were doing, we were like picking up food or something. Yeah. So I was like, I was thinking about food when I listened to Dear Reader <laughs> and there's very little that's going to distract me from thinking about food. Right. So. Especially when it comes time for us to go pick up food on, fr on a Friday night. Like right it before recording. It may have been a Friday. It was a Friday. We picked the up. The 21st was a Friday. Oh, uh, we picked up Zaxby's. Probably. Sounds about right. I, I, I remember it because I think we were, um, yeah, pretty sure. That we were picking up Zaxby's that day. Yeah. 
So we listened to the parts that you hadn't heard in the car already. Yeah. I had already listened to it like a gajillion times through by then. So, because I was off that day. Mm. Didn't work that day. But I had school that day. So, yeah. I, I took to wait the day till... off because album recovery. Plus, I got all those shots the day before. So, yeah. I was like, I got the day off. I might as well get my flu shot, my pneumonia shot, and my COVID booster all at the same time. I had to wait till after my school day had ended to start listening to it. Yeah. Don't do not do that, by the way. Don't get all your shots on one day. It hurts. Anyway. FYI. Moving on. This one is going to present a little bit of a challenge. For you. Right. For me. Not I, you. It's going to be pretty obvious for you. But uh, our next mashup is Style versus Antihero. For me, it's hands down Antihero. It's not that I hate Style. It's just, for me, it's one of those songs that definitely went too far to the pop side. And... Like, I just, even, it was one of the first real Taylor Swift songs I started listening to. It was one of the first that you played for me. And even then, I have more of an emotional attachment to Out of the Woods and Wildest Dreams. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I mean, this one is difficult because I do really like both songs. I like Antihero a lot. But Style is... I mean, other than the inspiration for my Etsy shop name, Red Lip Classics, mm -hmm. you know, that came from that. But Style was also like the first song that I think I really, really connected with on like a deep level. And so this was the song that turned me from a Taylor Swift fan into like an obsessed Swifty. Like, it was this song and then just, like, never looking back. After he hearing the rest of this album, and then especially the Grammy performance where all the songs are stripped down, and it's just so amazing. I was like, holy cow, this album is a treasure trove. You know, it it is a very pop-fueled album. This was her pop album. You know, the, the complete transition from country to pop. This is when she was like, well, Red didn't win album of the year. Okay, here Gotta we go. Do it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going we're gonna to completely strip everything down and start from the beginning. I'll give the people what they want. Here yeah. we go. And, and that's exactly what she did. But these songs are all so, you know, they're, they're pop songs. And in the end, they're produced like pop songs. And they're all very Jack. Right. You know, it's very Jack and Taylor. Uh, but... And underneath the songs are so rich on their own right if you took away all the heavy production they would still be amazing songs exactly and that's that's the same with all of her songs and you yeah. can even tell because there's some of these like you know pieces of these 1989 songs where the production does get stripped back and it's just the vocals and like a little bit of you know mm -hmm. a little bit added to it and it's still really good and it shows that these songs can stand on their own without all of this super pop production. Yeah. It just elevates them to what everybody can agree on is great. Right. Right. So, like, the contemporaries that were coming out with stuff at the same time had a few songs like that. Roar by Katy Perry being a notable one. You know, it's a very heavy production pop music. Mm -hmm. But when you strip it down, it's still an amazing song. Right. At the at the core of it. But you can't do that with a lot of Katy Perry's music. Right. Because she doesn't have a lot of songs of substance like Taylor does. So where obviously you can't strip down something like Welcome to New York or New Romantics. You're not going to be able to strip those songs down because they kind of depend on that beat and everything. Yeah. But I, and Wildest Dreams, definitely. I think that there is a part where it does pull back a little bit, but the beat is still really there, yeah. and that's what carries Wildest Dreams a lot. Right. But I think that even, like, there's just such good writing and lyrics to all of her songs. Oh, yeah. And 1989 didn't change that. No, not even close. They're, they're still amazing songs. She just found a producer to work with, and I mean... Five albums later, still, still going yeah. strong. You know, she and Jack make amazing music together. And this was the first album that was like, hey, guys, this is my friend Jack. <laughs> and we make really great songs together. 
So we're going to do that for like the next eight or nine or 10 years. <laughs> and you guys are going to love it. And we're like, cool. Cool. We love Jack. <laughs> He's the best. And then we bring on Aaron more recently. And it's like, cool. We love Aaron. Let's go. We super love Aaron. <laughs> now, we've got, now we've got our nice little trio of amazing music. Like when we, when we want a little more production and a little more driving beat, we put Jack at the boards. When we want to strip it down a little bit and, and open the scar up a little bit, we put Aaron at the boards. So it's a good, it's a good team. It's a good team effort. Exactly. This next one is like not even, I mean, it's not, it's not even a contest. Out of the woods versus snow on the beach. Out of the woods. Out of the woods, 100%. Out of the Woods is an anthem. It, I cannot hear it without just singing it at the top of my lungs. Repeatedly. <laughs> I, it's just not even a question. Do you, do you even have any? No, not really. Like I said, it was among the first songs that I was played. And it's one that really stuck with me for some reason. Because it's a great song. <laughs> and who doesn't love, oh, we out of the woods. And then that bridge. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we out of the woods. Pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. That is one. So. And then I think, I think Jack does some backing vocals. I think so. The like. The, oh, oh, I think oh, that's Jack. Oh, yep. So. Pretty awesome. Makes this, it even better. This one I would put on the list of like, even though, even though Style is one of my favorite songs on the album, I would put this one as like, this is probably the top track other than Wonderland that I would want to see performed at the Eras tour. Yes. Like if she's going to do any song from this album, I want it to be this one. Cause when, um, when she did it in the 1989 world tour, it was great. Yeah. I'm going to put a note on there. Set list topper. <laughs> Maroon also set. List also hundred percent. I have to add for the people at but, home, but for the record, when, do maroon but do it like with some other red songs yeah definitely do, do it with like the red type yeah stuffs like even like maybe start with red and then like do a couple of the songs that you know muddle that that colorization of the relationship like the yeah. moment i knew which i mean i know it's probably not going to be She's probably not going to do that at the right. concert, but like, I bet you think about me. Yes. Would and be then a good one. And then maroon and end it with all too, all too well, 10, well, 10 minute, minute version. Yep. Yeah. And, and then I die. <laughs> I don't even make it to the rest of the show. I just die right there. Oh, preface for the people at home. Mia and I have tickets. Oh yeah. To the Eras tour. We're going We're to going, the Kansas city show on yeah. July 8th. So, so shout out. If anybody else that happens to be listening is going to that show, send us an so, email. Yes. Uh, we're probably going to be like tailgating outside the concert before the show. If our we'll Uber drops bracelets. us off there, we'll have bracelets. We'll have lots of bracelets. Hopefully, we've got to get that started. So we got to get them all made before we go Speaking to Florida. Speaking of friendship bracelets, number five. <laughs> oh gosh, this one. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I know this one hurts. So all you had to do is stay, versus you're on your own, kid. That I one mean, is so hard. It's because that's a difficult one. All you had to do was stay. I love the lyrics of. Yes. It's got an amazing bridge. Yes. And all you had to do was stay is one of those songs that I sometimes forget is on 1989 because it it's it's poppy, but it's not that like super intense synth production. It's it has synthy. It, it has a little bit less of like. Especially when you think of the songs around it, like you have Out of the Woods right before it and Shake It Off right afterwards. Oh, yeah. And it's like you're sandwiching it between those and you hear a lot of other 1989 songs and you're like, it, this is, it's, there's still a lot, but it's pulled back for this album. Yeah. Well, so, and it's track five. Right. So track fives are always, you know, if, if any Swifty knows, track fives are always important. Yep. God tier. So this one, um, I think it's a track five because there is the 
there's the happy part, then there's the sad part. Yeah. You know, it's like literally everything was perfect, but you just walked away. Right. So it's it's ultimately about heartbreak, even though it's so poppy and so beat right. driven. However, <laughs> on the other side, you have you're on your own kid. Which is by far the biggest grower for me. Oh, it's so amazing. The bridge. Oh is, my God. It's it's one of my top three, no, top two bridges on this album. It, I have, I heard it described as this once and it could not fit more perfectly. It is a Jack Rantanoff bridge. Yes. So ranty, but it's so him. Like yeah. it has his fingerprints all over it. Yeah. This is another um, classic Taylor, you know, different uh, perspectives for different chorus or for different verses. You know, we, we, you and I have speculated off mic before that the first verse is like um, her, you know, first moving to Nashville and kind of doing that stuff on her own. And then the second verse being more like um, after the, was it 73 questions with Vogue? Was it Vogue? Yeah. Yeah. Which is what I think the second verse and the bridge are written about personally. I, if you watch you that see, interview, to me, that's yeah, what it's Yeah, I get about. it. I think that it may not be as specific as like this verse and chorus is written about this and this part is written about this. I think that it's all blended together. Right. Because there's there's the things like the jokes weren't funny. I took the money and it's like that definitely seems about that because none of the jokes are funny. No. And she doesn't seem comfortable. Right. But then you have some things that are a little bit more like the. I think that it's so ranty and it works so well because it's so jumbled. And it's like this could all be about the same situation or this could be about five million things she's been through. Right. But I think and it's just all coming out now. Yeah. So it's it's really that's why I like it so much is because there's no real way to pinpoint exactly what everything is about. Right. Or like. This is specifically about this time. This is about this time. Because I think there's a lot of gray area and double meanings. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I love the way she evidences time passing with from sprinkler, sprinkler splashes, splashes to, to fireplace, fireplace ashes. ashes. Yeah. What a great way to show from, you know, the height of summer to, you know, the end of the night in winter when it's cold. And the fire's all burned out. Right. You know, and you're just sit sitting there left with ashes of what had once been, you know, keeping you warm. And now yeah. it's just cold and out. And then, you know, anybody who has gone through a situation where they've really sacrificed themselves and gone through something and looked back and be like, I do not recognize myself in that moment can identify with that bridge. Right. Anybody who's been in a relationship where they've had to either by choice or were forced into pretending they were somebody they're not or stuck someplace that they don't feel comfortable and they can't express who they are. I think that in a small way, even I can really relate to it with what I went through at SLS. Yeah, at your school. Like I had, and even before that, but I really feel like the fact that I thought I had found where I was supposed to be and then I realized that I didn't. Yeah. And I had to stop being myself or else I wasn't going to be able to make it through the year. Right. And I think that I... I really just like it resonates with me oh yeah and and I mean as your mom for somebody who watched you go through that and I saw that you were degrading yourself to be to fit in better with your friends and that made me unhappy because you've always been very unabashedly yourself your whole life and now you were you were hiding some of that light which is never what a mom wants to see her right. kid do. So I was very happy to watch you overcome that. And in most of the situations be like, I really don't care what you guys think. I'm going to do what I like anyway. Right. Until we got you into a better situation where you didn't have to pretend to be somebody else as much, but you know, to where you feel more comfortable. But yeah, as your mom watching you go through that 
and you staying true to yourself was always pretty amazing. And also another thing about it that I know is not the meaning of the lyrics, but kind of helps me with it too, is with from sprinkler splashes to fireplace ashes, because summer and winter, like summer break and winter break were the only times when I could be myself. Yeah. Because I was away from school long enough, you know, for a couple of weeks or, you know, a month. And I was like, I can actually let go. Yeah. And you don't have to pretend anymore. So I think that's, that's a little double meaning that it has for me. Absolutely. The next one, it wouldn't really even matter what was on the other side up against blank space, but it's probably going to Did we decide win. on... Oh, for me, it's you're on your own, kid. I think I have to agree. I mean, Midnight's it's, it's, is going to dominate this It's one of my favorite list. tracks on the whole album, so that's... It's... Yeah. And this next one, blank space versus Midnight Rain, not no contest there either. Midnight Rain, hands down. Shake it off? Oh, yeah. Shake it off. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Midnight Rain over, Shake It Off. I know a lot of people like Shake It Off. I don't know how many actual Swifties like it, though. There are, Swifties can be like, I appreciate the song for what it is, but it's so hard to respect it and take it seriously because it's just been, it, you know, it was everywhere. It's like a go-to party song everywhere yeah. i've heard it at so many parties even now like oh yeah th this past just last year i heard it in so many parties like theater parties yeah because it's like what do we do when we're out of show tunes so shake it off in there yeah everyone's gonna dance to that pretty much now to me shake it off has found its value in parody videos oh my and that's why that's another reason you can't take it seriously so much All right once you've seen that fat Rhode Island cop dancing and singing to himself in his car, that one's fantastic. Shout out to that police department in Rhode Island. They were really heavy with their social media for a while. They had that one and they had several other things where and shout they out were to just specifically like, that police officer. Right, well, they were trying to like relate to the community. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're like, we're just going to show our officers being like, like we, normal people like all you other guys. And th that was this awesome. This was on our dash cam. Right. And well, I, I'm pretty hilarious. sure he did it specifically for the department. You know what I mean? Like it's he they were like, hey, why don't you do this or whatever? You know what I mean? Like he knew he was taping himself. So I don't know if, if they have a camera on them all the time. You would think the camera would face the other way, out. The dash cam would go out to face what the cop is also looking at. But I don't know that for sure because I'm not a cop. So, But, yeah, I'm pretty sure he, he did it specifically because the police department was doing a social media campaign. But still... There it's aren't a lot of people and there aren't a lot of people who would be like, yeah, I'll do that and I'll let you post right. this. I and know that some people are going to make fun of me for it, but yeah. some people are going to be like, that dude is awesome. Hundreds of millions of people are going to watch this and laugh at me. Like not a lot of people can handle that. So shout out to him. Uh, also, whoever put it to the aerobics video <laughs> where the video itself is older than Taylor. Yet somehow, <laughs> that 80s aerobics like, video. Yeah. Somehow perfectly synced. Whoever cut that together. Awesome job. And then finally, the Rock's lip sync battle <laughs> where he proclaims to, who was he up against? Was it, was it Jimmy Fallon? Maybe. I can't even remember who he was up against, but he was like, your ass is going to know Tay-Tay. Yeah, it was, it was Jimmy Fallon. Was it Jimmy Fallon? Because yeah. he did, Jimmy Fallon did like a prayer for his big one, I'm pretty sure, yeah. against The Rock. Yeah. So... Yeah, definitely, hands down, fantastic on that one. I mean, not my favorite lip sync battle by right. any means, because that goes to Tom Holland. Right. But it's, I think that the 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 most fun part of people doing Shake It Off sometimes, and I, it's what's so fun about like The Rock doing it is um, the when they get to the into the fella over there with the hella good hair yeah and they're and he, bald like, rubs his head. <laughs> yeah so it's like it's you make the same movement that you would flipping your hair but like there's nothing there to flip right. and it's just like oh it's so good yeah to the fella over there who had hella good hair <laughs> the rock when you had hair 
But then let's actually talk about the song that wins <laughs> because we just spent five minutes talking about the loser of that matchup. <laughs> 1989 versus, versus Midnight's, everybody. Right. But Midnight Rain, amazing track. Oh my God. It is... I, I was amazed with this track at how vulnerable she was in yeah. the writing. This is and that's one thing about midnight that you broke somebody's heart for sport, right? Because and, you could. And the specifically the line I broke his heart because he was nice. It's yeah. like he was nicer than I was, and I honestly couldn't stand it. Right. Right. Or I mean, you know, like admitting that you had that relationship that you were singing about right there and you turned it down to continue your rise to stardom you weren't at that level that you wanted to be to settle down right so you turned away what could have been this perfect life but you'll never know because you were chasing something bigger yeah so it's it's very vulnerable writing for in my opinion from her we yeah. get a lot of vulnerable writing from her anyway especially on midnights yeah. i think that a lot of songs i mean anti-hero all this self-reflection and that's all that midnights really is it's all self-reflection yeah and so there are some songs that are like oh so she feels really good about herself and some songs where it's like she feels awful about who she is yeah it's just because it's whatever she was thinking in the moment and the fact that midnight rain ends with and i never think of him except on midnights like this right. almost makes me think that she just got up in the middle of the night and like wrote this entire song down yeah and then like looked at it in the morning was like what Oh, okay, let's go. Right. Let's do this. Exactly. Exactly. I would like to see this. If she would perform it, I'd like to see it mashed up with Haunted. Yes. So to do like the, the two sides of the story, you know, where she's in the middle of the breakup and, and like, you know, she's like, oh my gosh, I the, did this thing and now I regret it and the time I can't where it's go like, back. It's, and also where it's like, in Haunted, it's very much like, you don't leave me like this. This is your fault in Midnight Rain where it's like, no, this was my fault. Yeah, I drove you away. I'm... I made you It's me. me. Yeah. Hi. I'm, I'm the, the problem. problem. It's me. Yep. Pretty much. I will use that forever and always. It's on my letter board right now, actually. Did you notice that the last time you were over? No. It's on my letter board uh -huh. with an upside down smiley face after it's me. <laughs> so yeah, Midnight Rain versus... Or over Shake It Off for yes, sure. Yes, 100%. Not even, not even a question this there. So far, this harder is stacking up to be very, uh, very midnight's heavy. This next one's hard for me. I wish you would versus question. Ooh, I know. I think mm. I wish you would is it? It has the perfect blend of being of pop and also really good lyrics and like just strong. It's a, it's such a strong song to yeah. me. Like it's not very too well far. Again, Which is why you don't hear it nearly as much because it's not too far. Right, right. It's another perspective changer. Yes. You know, from we, the get, we get different perspectives in the, in the verses, his, hers, and then the one at the end where they're together, they're together. and looking back at the time that they were apart. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that it's, the lyrics are so similar that it's, you almost don't notice it the first time and right. then you think about it and you're like, I mean, I know those were all different, but wow. Yeah. Sa very same uh, feeling as you're on your own, kid. Except I, I understand what you're saying, but I think that you're on your own, kid, did have, it does have a, a switch, and clearly the time is changing because you have the, like, you know, when I was, you know, in my hometown or whatever, and I... I didn't really know where I fit in. And then there's like her moving and everything. Mm -hmm. So clearly things are progressing, but I don't think there's such a clear shift in perspective. I know that you have your theories, but I don't follow the same theory. I definitely right. think that it's much more jumbled than it's like the first verse is about one thing and the rest of it or other parts of it are about another. Right. But with I Wish You Would, it's very clear that, like, the first verse and stuff is him, and then the second is her, and then the third is them together. Right. 
This one I started to write down my answer like I was really sure it was going to be question. But now I'm not so sure. Let's, let's discuss the merits of question. Now that we've hit, I wish you would. Yes. Because I, I'm, I'm in the moment right now. I cannot decide between the two. So question is one of the tracks on Midnight's that people debate the most of its meaning. Just like Maroon, I see this one battled out the most over but who I and think, what it's about. I think once people hear what like the the most accepted uh, theory theory of Maroon is, they're like, okay, I kind I like I get that, right? Um, but with question, it's a little bit more. There's still some people who have like uh, an unpopular theory who are really sticking to it. Right. So you do have that. Right. I let's do you want to get into those for a second? What the theories are about what question is about? Sure. So there's there seems to be two popular camps that break down on question. Yes. The first camp is people that think that it's about the time that Taylor and Carly were caught kissing at a concert. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know a lot of people that can actually confirm that that happened. <laughs> it's just rumor. Um, Nor are there a lot of people who subscribe to this theory. So There's a lot more than you'd think. It's kind of crazy. I've seen the other one. But those are just people who will no matter what believe that they have those a are probably Taylor people anyway yes the people that want to believe that Taylor is bisexual I understand I I don't subscribe to that theory but I I'm I'm glad that you can assign that to her if you want but I don't think it's our job to speculate on her her sexuality anyway anyway she's never been in a relationship with a woman publicly so it's not something that we should be speculating about if it's something that she doesn't want us to know then it's something that we don't need to know right. And I think that if she was going to announce that she had had a relationship with Carly, it this would not be the way she would do it. And it would have happened by now. Yes, it, it would have. It would have happened after every, right after everything went down. Right. She would not have waited this long. No. I do not think this song is about Carly. I think I, I subscribe to, and I believe you do as well, Mia, the much more popular theory that this song is about Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber, that they were at a party and it was a very, they were having this will they, won't they, do they, don't they thing at the time. And uh, Selena was tired of the suspense and she just grabbed Justin and kissed him. Yes. And then after that they were together. And then broke up and then together and broke up and together and broke up. And we all know how that goes. Um, you know, if you followed Selena's career at all, you know that about her and Justin. But um, there seems to be many more people that can confirm that this did happen. Yes. Selena has talked about that night with Justin and how this party was kind of the kickoff. I mean, this was probably like 10 years ago. And um, as somebody, as two people that are as close as Selena and Taylor are, and... Hey guys, this is Selena. Right. (laughs) So adorable. (laughs) But they've been that close for so long and... You know, she was, Selena even says Taylor is one of her only true friends in the industry. Yeah. So Taylor was right there with her through this whole breakup. And Mia, you'll see as you get older, when you nurse your friends through breakups, you, it doesn't matter how you feel about their partner. They're your friend first. So then their partner upsets them and you're just like, oh, we hate them now. Right. Like there's no coming back. You hurt my friend. I'm sorry that you're, you're dead to me. And that's the, especially when it's like, when you hear what's described in question and how she's asking it, mm-hmm. the like, can I ask you a question? Like, I know all of this already happened because she told me, but I want to have a conversation with you about it and hear what you have to say. The fact that it's all very like accusatory and everything. And yes. it's like, this all happened. And then she ends it with, it's just a question. Right. This is some petty like, best oh. friend crap right here. This <laughs> and is, I could not love it anymore. Right. This is not a song you've written about your own relationship. This is a song that you have written as a giant middle finger to the person who hurt your best friend. So, you know, the only thing 
that led me at first to believe that this was something about one of her relationships is when she said, um, when you painted all my nights, the color I have searched for since. Because it sounds very much like the part in Illicit Affairs. The you showed me colors, you know, I can't see with anyone else. But, but I no don't, guarantee. I think that's just a metaphor that she uses. And I don't think it's about the same person. I, I think it's the situation one that she really is not likes. the same at yeah. all. I think it's just a metaphor that she really likes. It also kind of has the, she's used painting and sky a lot. Yeah. The, did I paint your bluest skies, the darkest gray? Right. Um, there was, you paint me a blue sky, then go back and turn it to rain right. in Dear John. Mm -hmm. So there's, it's, it's something that she clearly loves using. And I think that there's not necessarily as big of a connection. Right. Right. It's just, it's just another metaphor, but, um, I definitely think that I can put myself in the perspective of this song as the best friend a lot easier. Yeah. Seeing as how of all of the quote unquote best friends that I have, I really only like like two of their significant others <laughs> out of like the six really good girlfriends that I have. There's only, well, if I count Marissa, there's three. I like her husband. So I only like half of the ones that... <laughs> That they are in partnerships with the rest of them it's like eh, no you could do better and especially it's like oh he did that one thing that one time no we hate him now <laughs> we just hate him now so i think ugh, i don't know oh this is hard <sighs> i think i mm, i have there's to go one very de important determining factor mm. The yay <laughs> for you, especially right. you love that. Then 15 seconds later, you were clapping too. Yay! yay. <laughs> for our visual only media, our audio only medium, we're both raising our hands and doing like a whoop whoop type. Uh, yeah, I think it's a picture. Right, right. What everybody else does when they go yay, you just have to throw your hands up in the air like a rapper's telling you to. You just have to. And whether so, whether you see. do like a like a whoop whoop like type thing, pumping, or you or do like the just raise the roof. Oh yeah, waving like the hands, waving the hands. Yeah, jazz hands, whatever. Yeah, spirit fingers, something like that. Whatever. Uh, I have to say, probably, I wish you would. Hmm. Yeah, I think I like. I mean, I'm, without without dipping back into the you're on your own kid discussion, I like the perspective change on this one and the way it's written to where it just melds and tells you a whole story in yeah. three verses right. from both sides of the perspective, you changing the, very few words. It's so much more of an emotional impact. Yeah. So in yeah. your car, in my room, and then here we are. Yeah. Yeah. I wish you would over question and again like I said earlier not not on mic but when we were talking mm -hmm. um I'm I'm a Harry Styles fan I like Harry's music I like the things I've seen him act in so far um but I am not a Haler person I'm not I, I'm not wearing the I'm a child of divorce t-shirt or any of that yes I did like them together when they were together but I didn't really come into following Taylor's personal life so much until after the Haler thing was over I mean obviously 1989 the whole album is pretty much about Harry right so you know me not being like a giant Swifty until this album and really not realizing like I think everybody knows that part of Red was about Jake Gyllenhaal like that was pretty obvious but not as obvious as it was that this album was about harry styles i mean but, his name is on the album right. so but by the time that you were a real fan their yeah. relationship they was already had already over. broken up so i wasn't like stalking pictures of them on the internet or anything like that you know like um i was much clo more closely following uh ed sheeran's personal life at the time <laughs> so uh he was also mad at members of One Direction, but for different reasons. So <laughs> completely. But different then reasons. I'm also a One Direction fan, so it's like ah, <laughs> pop music is taking over my life. But yeah, I think I would have to say just from the writing, how clever the yeah. writing is on "I Wish You Would," that it would be the winner. 
Um, this next matchup, number eight, Bad Blood versus Vigilante. Because we will keep this family friendly, even though it's the name of the actual title. But we will just call it Vigilante for now. <laughs> for now. Um, I, I think for me, it's going to be Vigilante. Yeah. Hundred percent. I think this is writing that we haven't seen from Taylor since uh, I did something bad. Touches a little bit on it in Mad Woman. Yeah, but, but this is this one. This is, is writing the, we haven't I'm seen since. Really rep. going to unleash my angry side, and boy, am I angry! Right. This one, it. I mean, there's some Kim and Kanye in this. But this one, I think, is pretty much targeted right at Scooter. Yeah. This one is this one is punching Scooter right in the nuts. That's what this is. Yeah. And I am here for uh, it. We all are. Yeah. Especially because I didn't realize, and I think you and I had this conversation after the album came out, I didn't realize what a bitter, nasty, terrible divorce Scooter had had. Yeah. And how he basically lost like $100 million to his wife in their divorce or something stupid. Stupid like that. Like, it's so dumb, their settlement. But the fact that he lost so much of the money he made when he screwed her over to his wife in the divorce has to be so amazing for Taylor. And I think that's one of the catalysts for this song. Oh, you just got played exactly the way you played me? Isn't it crazy how that turns out? Doesn't feel good, does it? No, it doesn't. So while most people aren't going to be like, oh, yeah, I totally condone vigilante justice or whatever, <laughs> like this one, yeah, this guy gets everything that he deserves. I mm-hmm. mean, everything that's coming to him. Karma. Heap it on and more. Oh, yes, we will talk. Scooter <laughs> definitely makes an appearance in Karma, but I think Karma is more about Kim and Kanye and uh, Calvin. Mm. And this is Scooter's track on this album. This, this track is 100% Scooter, yeah. in my opinion, anyway. So, and Bad Blood to me is really not that great of a track. It, it's catchy. It's all right. We had this conversation when we were watching the end of the 1989 World Tour the other day, you and I. It's all right. You know. It's, it's another one of those songs that was kind of everywhere. Not to the extent of Shake It Off, but I think Shake It Off is... Shake It Off has some parts that are really good and i think bad blood has like almost the opposite parts that are really good right where like the bridge is pretty much the only part of bad blood i like because it's a good bridge i mean you know the band-aids don't fit fix bullet right. holes i mean i i like the i like the some of the verses some parts of the verses the uh still got scars on my back from your knife so don't think it's in the past these kind of wounds they last and they last that's true that's good that's some good stuff that's true. The, these two tracks are pretty evenly matched up as far as vitriol from, Han- <laughs> from Taylor. She's just spitting it. The amount of like, man. Giant middle absolutely fingers. Absolutely screw you. Yeah. You have no more space in my life other than to me to target my rage at. <laughs> Write a banger about. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I think the fact that I've seen so much more... I mean, the the meme generation for Midnight's, obviously, it's like perfect storm together. But um, I've seen so many great memes for this from, you know, the, the knife, the girl drawing the her eyeliner, yeah. like using an actual knife, all that kind of stuff. Like, I, I like the symbolism in this one so much yeah. more for vigilante than I do for bad blood. Bad blood also is great with the imagery and it paints a really great mental picture about how she's feeling in this, but the other but one there's, is just... There's something about draw the cat eye sharp enough to kill a man and they say looks can kill and I might try. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. So, vigilante wins on that one. I also have to say, um, and she looks so pretty... Driving in your Benz. Yep. Lately, she's been dressing for revenge. I love that part. Just the way she says it. Like, she, she looks so, so pretty. pretty. Yeah. Driving in your Benz. Yep. 
good stuff. Fantastic. Good stuff. Just kick him right in the balls. Tyler. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But with your words. Right. All right. Whoo. Oh, my gosh. Number nine, wildest dreams versus bejeweled. <sighs> Both tracks that were used in um, your letter. <laughs> yes. Your tickets letter. Um, so that's fun. Wildest Dreams uh, is, I think, the first Taylor song I learned how to play all the way through on the guitar. Impressive. Uh, you and I had a fun sing-along one time with Sarah. That was really fun. We did. You guys were my accompaniment on that one. That was fantastic. But we do a really good The Moment I Knew together. We do. When you played on the guitar. Yep. That was awesome. I need to get my guitar back out. But So that one, um, that track is definitely a big one for me. I really like it as far as the writing. You know, I loved when we got Taylor's version of it. You know, it's another one of those things where it's like, lets me know that, yes, this album is fully recorded and ready to release, but until what the last six weeks or eight weeks or so there was the lawsuit now the lawsuit's right. been dropped and so she's free to release the re-record but now she's in tour prep so you know god only knows when we're actually going to get the re-releases i that's a different topic that we could get onto at some point in time but there are people that are like oh she'll she'll drop all the re-releases before the tour why would she do that? It makes no business sense whatsoever. She's ultimately still a businesswoman. So you're not going to, I mean, each one of these re-releases makes millions of dollars. You're not going to drop all of them at once and say no to all that revenue. As somebody who that revenue comes directly out of my pocket because I spend money on every single album, <laughs> I'm okay with her releasing them like that. I don't want all of them at once. I want each one one at a time so we can savor it and dissect it and digest it. You know, vault tracks. Holy cow, that's something we didn't even know was going to be a thing until Fearless came out and we're like, oh, shut your mouth. So, you know, we need those like one at a time to be able to recover and digest and, you know, add them to our life and then move on. So you can't do that all at once. Sorry, I was looking at the letter. Oh. <laughs> the, the, the note. I was like, where? I, I remembered Wildest Dreams. Where's Bejeweled on it? We'll be gorgeous dancing oh, all yeah. night. So there's gorgeous and then Bejeweled is the dancing all night. Yeah. Do you want to read the letter out loud to the fans? Sure, why not? Guess now's as good a time as any to do that. Yeah. Uh, this is the letter that she wrote, and it was on the front, and then um, the tickets were on the inside. It was like a just a little, they were printed on the inside of the card. Dear reader, I've been meaning to tell you I'm only cryptic and Machiavellian because I care. Call it what you want, but I wanted to do this with style. You have to be delicate when it comes to wildest dreams. When you're 15, I'll be enchanted to have the best day with you. We'll be gorgeous, dancing all night, when you and I end up in the same room at the same time as the mastermind. Are you ready for it? And ready for it was written on the inside right above, right above the, the tickets. tickets. We can post that on social media. It's already um, on when it drops, your personal but... Facebook. Yeah, but it's not on the show's Instagram right. or anything like that. I can put it on the show's Instagram when the episode comes out. But yeah, that was a collaborative effort between a lot of it was written by me, but then some of it was written by <laughs> other Swifty friends that were in on the surprise with giving Mia the tickets. So because um, she didn't know until her birthday. So we sat on it for about six weeks. It was pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, when I turned 15. Yeah, for her 15th birthday. So the hints, it started with the when you're 15. <laughs> I'll be enchanted to have the best day with you. Like that was the the catalyst original. for this whole thing. Yeah. And then it and then it just became that. that. I was like, well, I mean, if I'm gonna do this, I should get to thirteen, right? Like Why there needs to be else? thirteen song there needs to be thirteen songs referenced in it. Otherwise you're gonna count them up and be like, Mom, why didn't you get to thirteen? <laughs> Mom's is a thirteen. Yeah. I this is only twelve. It's what is this weak crap? <laughs> you gotta come better with that. Those are rookie numbers, mom. You got to pump up those numbers. You either do 13 or you do 15. Right. Exactly. And I, d I thought 15. I, I did have two more that I could have put in there. I don't remember where they were now. But uh, I was like, no, we'll, we'll stick with 13. 
Yeah. It works. Okay, so versus Bejeweled. Bejeweled, uh, I love some of the theories that I've heard about it. Um, the I miss you, but I miss sparkling uh, being like the whole cottage core era, mm -hmm. you know, like, yes, I liked folklore and evermore, uh, but I really missed going out. <laughs> so while pandemic writing was kind of fun and I won a Grammy, and that was great. That was great. But I really miss putting on sparkly things and makeup and going outside. <laughs> so I'm going to do that a whole bunch while promoting this album. Yes. And then I'm going to go on tour. This whole era is, to me, Bejeweled sums up this whole era. Oh, yeah. The Th like that is, This is the anthem for this era. Yeah. And that would be one reason why I would put it like, if I was going to put it above Wildest Dreams, which I don't know, I would like simply for that reason because i can't compare videos because they're both amazing i know the wildest dreams video is her tribute to her grandma which, which is, is so, so beautiful beautiful before we got the actual yeah. tribute to her grandma in the form of a whole song right which but, is also gorgeous yeah i i would not have even known watching this video when i did that the marjorie written on the back of her chair was for her grandmother i would have had no idea when this video came out because i wasn't like I said, I wasn't involved in her personal life. I didn't, I mean, involved in her personal life. Like, I know her, but you know what I mean? Right. I, following Invested. news stories about her personal life. I didn't know anything about her family or anything like that. So, you know, we didn't really get a whole lot of that other than, you know, just her parents until, you know, some of the tracks on Folklore and Evermore when she talks about both of her grandparents. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she opened up in that writing, but then the Bejeweled video... I mean, holy cow, the Easter eggs. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Speak now. It's so much. Also, <laughs> the Lavender Hayes video, so much speak now. Like, it's oh, everywhere. my gosh. And also, probably one of the highlights of the Bejeweled video, there's obviously uh, Laura Dern and the Heim sisters in the Academy beginning. Academy winner, Laura Dern. <laughs> Academy Award winner, Laura Dern. Yes. Um, and then... Uh, and also, uh, Jack being the prince. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was so good. And then the dragons at the end. Oh my God. And it having the speak now intro and outro, like, oh my gosh. So, I mean, I guess that would put it a little bit above yeah. the Wildest Dreams video. I don't know. Lavender Haze is the only video we've gotten so far that doesn't have like anything that's not specifically the song in it because anti-hero had the break in the middle for the funeral and bejeweled started and ended with a little bit of a intro and outro yeah that's true that's true lavender haze she says was also the first one that she wrote and kind of set the theme for the album yeah so like you know that one's going to have less Easter eggs in it because it was the concept itself and yeah. not the things added on later. There are still Easter eggs in it, but 100%, the concept but itself was original, not I'm going to make this to encapsulate a bunch of Easter eggs exactly. like I think Bejeweled was. But uh, um, as far as like writing and the song goes, I think just flat out songwriting, I like Wildest Dreams better. Um, Maybe Bejeweled appeals more to me in some ways. Could be. Could be. Because, I mean, as we said, I miss you, but I miss sparkling. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I don't know. This one I can't, I can't definitively say one way or the I other. I still make the whole place shimmer. <laughs> oh, but it's got the <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which is on the front of my card. Oh, that's right. This was your the, card. Because it was the bejeweled, the bejeweled bracelet. bracelet. I mean, yeah. I had to get you the bejeweled card, right? Like, duh. Oh, your bracelet's shipping, by the way. Oh. should be here, uh, I think, Tuesday? Oh, cool. Maybe. Something like that. That was the gift she thought she got for her birthday. <laughs> yeah, it was the bejeweled bracelet. It was the bracelet. But then it was and like, then, oh, wait, psych. There's something then, else. But you were immediately, like, I opened it and I was like, oh, cool. And you were immediately like, no, I know you were worried about where to wear it. And then you handed me the card for the, with the tickets. Yeah. You were so excited. You could, you were 
bursting. I could not wait to give you those tickets one <laughs> second longer. It's like, no, we have to do this right now. Right I'm going to blow up. I was so happy that we went out to lunch instead of dinner because having to wait all day, I was going <laughs> to die. It's like, we need to do this like right now. And of course, it was like the one time I wasn't wearing anything Taylor Swift related. I was, but that's not really surprising to you. So I don't know. That one's hard. I think the bejeweled. I'm going to go with it. I'm You're gonna just going to hands down say bejeweled. I think this will I, be the I last one. I have to make one. a decision. This will be the last one we have time for for this episode. So we'll have to break this album into two pieces, into two episodes. Because there's there's bonus tracks too. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to the bonus tracks. So, And I mean, I'm looking at that first bonus tracks match off. And I'm and just that's like, we're going to need an episode for this. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm, we're not even going to tell you guys what it is yet because... Stay tuned. Yeah, holy cow. Once these bonus tracks go up against each other, like it's insane. And I mean, is Paris one of them? Yeah. Yeah, Paris is one of them. So, ouch. The last one's going to be really hard for me yeah. seeing what it is, too. So, oh. we weren't we weren't preparing to have to break <laughs> this into two episodes, but don't think we were preparing to have all the conversation that we did. And also me, I had to tell you the story of her getting tickets. Exactly. Yes. So, that's pretty amazing because there's only so many of us that can brag about that. So, and I just wanted to flex one more time. Right. I got uh, the day that I could tell all of my actual friends in the performance troupe that I'm a part of that I had Eras Tour tickets was Andrea Swift's birthday. Yep. So. Happy birthday, Mama Swift. And I'm going to go do some flexing. <laughs> Fantastic. So we are going to end this, this and that there, covering the first half of 1989 V Midnights. Let's recap real quick. We have Lavender Hayes. Oh, this is mine. I have Lavender Hayes beating Welcome to New York. Mm -hmm. Maroon beating Blank Space. Yep. Style beating Antihero. I have Antihero beating Style. That's where Mia and I disagree. Out of the Woods over Snow on the Beach. Easy. You're on your own, kid. Overall, you had to do with Stay. That one was hard. That one was very difficult. Midnight Rain over Shake It Off. Yep. I Wish You Would over Question. Mm-hmm. Vigilante Shh over Bad Blood. Yep. And then time to... You've got Bejeweled I've, over I've Wildest Dreams. I have Bejeweled over Wildest Dreams. All right. Gun to my head. I have to <laughs> pick one. I'm going to go with... Time. Clock is ticking. Wildest Dreams. We can Ouch, we can differ. Hard. I know, and this, this is that's by far the hardest matchup on this whole list for me is Wildest Dreams versus Bejeweled. There's some pretty hard ones. Bejeweled, but just barely, because Bejeweled is uh, a set list topper. For oh me. yeah, hundred percent. I want to see her make that whole place shimmer. Definitely. Definitely. And also in the running for one of the Disney shirts that I'll make when we go to Disney. Yes. I also love that Cinderella Disney shirt. Yes. So. That or not a lot going on at the moment, but all of the O's are replaced with Mickey heads. Oh, we're, we're going to be in the park more than one day. I know. There might be multiple t-shirts. <laughs> we're also going to Disney World the week before the Taylor concert for Mia to perform there with her theater troupe. So... I'm doing Holy a lot cow. this summer. Between June 28th and July 8th, we are just going to be like pretty much go, 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 going. And then after yeah. July 8th, we breathe. We, and <laughs> don't speak for a week because we can't. we can't. Yeah. Or walk. Or walk. <laughs> so that's going to be become, fantastic. Just like lay in my Ooh, bed. Just a tub of goo. Yeah. yeah. It's like I did Disney and Taylor all in one week. I'm done. Yeah. I have five days in between. And that's that's all I get. Yeah, you'll be so recovering. I'll, back from, I'll be working. Yeah, I'll come back from Florida, and then five days later, have to drive to Kansas City from Springfield. Yep. And do Taylor. Yep. So, well, we've also got a hotel for that too, so we don't right. have to worry about driving home like right after the concert or anything like that. So. But, but it's still going to be a very very crazy ten day period. So thank you so much for hanging out on this bonus episode, guys. We appreciate it. Um, send us your uh, this or that. Do you agree with us? Do you have insight that maybe we missed? Do you have another theory on question that maybe we didn't touch yet? Um, because those are the two that we have heard the most. So 
Swifties, shout us out. Uh, come at us and give us the information. Not come for us, but, uh, you know, share your opinions as well. Uh, be open-minded and respectful. We want to encourage that. Not everybody has the same opinions. So if ours differ from yours, be nice in pointing that out. We would appreciate that. Uh, catch us over on the regular episodes. Um, hit us up on Instagram at Reading with the Rockefellers. Email Reading with the Rockefellers at gmail.com or hop on over to our website, www.readingwiththerockefellers.com. And we will be back soon with another bonus episode. Bye. Bye.